Hi everyone, Mark Edward Willows here, and once again, welcome to Gabin Cabin. Well, I have a very special guest with me here today, and basically she needs no introduction, especially if you are a fan of the longtime show, The Lawrence Welk Show. I mean, you know, the show has been around from the 50s, the 60s, 70s, the 80s, and guess what? It is still in rerun syndication today, going strong after 60 years. And anyway, joining me is one of the stars of the Lawrence Welk Show, a very familiar face, Mary Lou Metzger. Mary, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's nice well, to be with you and all of your listeners. Well, I have to tell you uh, what a joy it is, first of all, to be speaking with you. And I love your champagne glass on your lapel. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it is beautiful. Well, listen, you have been on a program which the show needs no introduction. Everybody knows the Lawrence Welk show, and it is just generation after generation and generation. Now, I just want to run something by here a little bit for our listeners about you. Uh, you are originally from Pennsylvania, the only child. Oh, we have that in common. I'm also the only child. <laughs> um, you moved uh, to from Pennsylvania at the age of seven you began your performing career, which included appearances on the Ted Mac Amateur Hour and acting in a national tour of The Music Man. While a student at Temple University, you went to Los Angeles to appear on the television program. And I remember this show, the GE College Bowl. And while you were there, you auditioned for the Lawrence Welk Show and you were accepted in the Apprentice Training Program. Wow. How did all of that come about? I mean, you went there for one thing and look what you landed up with. <laughs> you could never have made it happen. Um, the, the college show was great. And my mom uh, worked for a, a firm of lawyers in, in um, Philadelphia. That was where I grew up. Born in Pittsburgh, grew up in Philadelphia. And uh, she rode the train every day with a fellow named Bob Hawkinson. He was one of our local assemblymen and he went to college with Myron Florin. And... So my mom said, oh, my daughter's going to California. She's going to do the All-American College show. And he said, oh, would she like to go to a taping while she's out there? I have a good friend, Myron Florin. I could get her in. And my mom said, oh, I'm sure she would. And uh, my mom and dad had had one of their very first dates to the Lawrence Welk show. Uh, it was the Lawrence Welk Orchestra back then at the William Penn Hotel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the uh, phrase champagne music was actually coined. So while I was in California, I had a call that go on over to ABC Studios. They know you're coming. You'll get to see a taping of the Lawrence Welk show. And back in those days, if Lawrence ever saw anybody young in the audience, the first thing he'd say is, oh, do you sing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, as a matter of fact, I'm out here to do the All-American College show. And he said, oh, sing something. And he handed me a microphone. And uh, I sang How Are Things in Glockamora? Because that was what I was singing on the college show mm -hmm. that week. And uh, after the show, after the taping, he invited me back to his dressing room. And I thought, I'm going to get an autographed picture to take home to my mom and dad. <laughs> and instead, I got an invitation to go down to the Palladium on Saturday night and sing with the band. What was mom and dad's reaction to that? Oh, my mom flew out for that. Oh. <laughs> Dad stayed home and took care of the house and my grandmother and the dog and my mom flew out for that one. And uh, he, 
I, what I didn't realize at the time was Norma Zimmer had decided to stop touring with the show and they were getting ready to do three week engagement at Lake Tahoe at Harris Club. Mm -hmm. And he needed another person. And he asked me if I wanted, would go to come out and go to Lake Tahoe with them for three weeks, rehearse the show and come out. And I said, would I, of course. And the funny thing was, he just kept me on the list when we came back into town. And I was hired, what I thought was a three-week job at Lake Tahoe. Wow. And you started with the program, like, what, about 1969? It was 70. It was uh, Mother's Day of 1970. Wow. It was, it was on Mother's Day? Day? Yes. Wow, Mother's what a gift Day. to your mom. <laughs> I know. And, and the dress I wore for the group number that I was in had Lennon written in it. So oh, I'm one of the Lennon sisters dresses. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, let me ask you this, Mary Lou. Was it what you expected when you started? I mean, you had a longevity, a long career on that program. Was it everything you thought it would be? You mean now or at the or when I first started? No, now. Did, it was now, it everything it was, thinking it was, back and looking? It was more. It was more than I anticipated. Um, and over the years, I've come to appreciate how lucky I was to be a part of that. It was a family. I know everybody jokes about musical family, but mm -hmm. it truly was. The women were still just as close as we ever were. We're like, we're like sorority sisters. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been through laughter and tears together. The opportunity to sing in front of that orchestra every week is something that doesn't even exist anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, the fact that it's still on television and it's been there for posterity, I just have so much gratitude and appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the show was so great in, I mean, everything you've done, all the dance numbers were marvelous. The singing was marvelous. The band was marvelous. Everything. There's nothing I could think negative about that show. And as you know, television today has really changed over the years. And I mean, the time of the Lawrence Welk show, that was entertainment. I mean, beautiful music, everything. And you know, Mary Lou, I always think back because I still watch the show until today. And I'm like, you know, the costumes, the sets. I mean, your costume designer, Rose Weiss, I remember Rose her name. I mean, unbelievable. The costumes were impeccable. I mean, how was that done all in that era? I mean, you know what? The technology, everything wasn't there. I mean, what did she sew everything by hand? <laughs> she was great at recycling. When she had something that worked, she, mm -hmm. she hung on to it. But she had tags on everything that said who wore it, the date it was worn, what show it was on. Mm -hmm. It was, she was pretty amazing. And, uh, the biggest amazing thing about that show to me was the fact that how little time it actually took to put together. Um, on Thursday, we would go into the recording studio. And in spite of the fact that 90% of the stuff was live, we would always lay down the track so that the director could set camera shots and mm -hmm. all of that to the music. Then Monday, we would go in for costume fittings and to rehearse the group numbers. Tuesday, we were in at nine o'clock. We started a camera rehearsal and we do every number two or three times. Mm -hmm. And we broke, had a dress rehearsal at 5.15 with an audience. And at eight o'clock, we did a live on tape show. Wow. That was 
it took three days to get one show in the can and it took five days to get two. We would rehearse two shows in one day if when we were. Wow. Now, when you would rehearse, were you called on set when it was just your chance to do your number or were you there watching the other performers or how did all of that work? When on a tape day, we were all in our dressing rooms mm -hmm. and we went down the order of the show. So you know what was coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did those were all we always put costumes on to do the run throughs to do any of the camera shots and stuff just to see how it felt and to work in this stuff because we'd only gotten them the day before. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was pretty, uh, it was nerve wracking because you were so focused. You were just laser focused on the day of taping. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, Lawrence Welk show also, everybody was so equal. Like you said, sorority sisters, there was no egos, no, I'm the star. It, it's like everybody just culminated and put out this beautiful show. And I mean, when you started, you know, you had veterans like Myron Florin, Norma Zimmer. I mean, I would probably be like this around them. <laughs> How did you react? What was your, tell us, what was your first meeting with Norma or Myron? Well, my, since Myron was the one that had gotten me in mm -hmm. to the taping in the first place that day, when he came over and introduced himself, I was just speechless. I was in awe mm -hmm. because I'd been one of those people. My grandmother lived with us when I was growing up. So that was a, a date every Saturday night. My grandmother knew everyone by their first name. As far <laughs> as she was concerned, they were her family. And uh, so that was my feeling. It was, and they were stars and they were on television and they came into our home every week mm -hmm. that we knew them. We knew who they were. We knew, we felt like they were family. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to become part of that and realize that that was how people felt about us. Mm -hmm. Very humbling experience. Yes. And also um, the talent, I mean, was just unbelievable. It is remarkable mm -hmm. how Lawrence gathered such a group of people and immensely talented. I mean, you, for example, a singer, a dancer. I mean, you were with Gail Farrell, Mary Lou Metzger, Sandy. Gail, who only gave me my, my champagne. Oh, <laughs> and you, you did things on your own. And you danced with Jack Amo. And you were a wonderful dancer. How did you do all of this, too, at such a young age? And oh, my God, I mean, just the talent was there. Oh, gosh. Well, when I was a little, thank you, first of all. Thank, thank you for that. It takes a village to make that happen. <laughs> uh, when I was a little girl on Saturdays, you either went to dancing school or you went to the local roller skating rink. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to go to dancing school. And my first dance teacher was June Burnett and she'd been in 42nd Street with Dick Powell. And her, the ballet teacher at that school, Miss Audrey, had been in the court of ballet at Radio City Music Hall. So I did have good dance training. Um, and because June had been in show business from very early age, she was always had her feelers out for something. So she got me into a local theater production. And when you're in something, you hear about other things. And as a result, I got to do a show at a professional show at the Playhouse in the Park in Philadelphia with John Gray and Betty Field it was the crucible. And someone's agent came to see them in that and said, you know, they're looking for a little girl to go on the road in Music Man. And because I <laughs> piano lessons and that was the agent 
they sent me up to audition and I got the job and went on the road for 10 months with Music Man. That is amazing. So see, they know talent when they see it. <laughs> well, the nice thing about it too is that kind of experience young gives you a sense of what being a professional is. So it's great training. You, you can't beat that kind of training early on. Now tell us a little something about Lawrence and what was he like to work for? Because I have heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, like he was a stickler for time. You had to be on time if you weren't, oh, yeah. it was whoa. Tell us a little something about him. See, he was, he was wonderful with me. I, um, he knew what he expected of you and you knew what he expected of mm -hmm. you. And as long as you were on time mm -hmm. and you knew what you were doing and you did it well, you knew your lyrics, you knew your, you never had a problem with him. Exactly. It was only if you kind of tried to cross a line or not do your homework mm -hmm. or try to tell Lawrence you knew better than his audience mm -hmm. because he had such a devotion. It was more than a respect. It was a devotion to his audience. Mm -hmm. When we would go out on the road, we'd do maybe a 12, 13 day tour. That was a new city every night, sometimes one or two performances. And the show was always about two and a half hours long. Uh, and Lawrence would stay on stage during intermission. He would never leave the stage and the crowds would come around. He would sign autographs and someone would say, oh, I saw you back in Indiana um, in such and such a city. And he'd say, that wasn't the time that big storm hit, was it? Nobody could get home. And they'd have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I met Lawrence, oh God, late 70s, and he wrote a book, and he was in my town at a store, and I did not know he was there, and I'm walking, and can you imagine Lawrence coming towards me, I almost died, and I went up to him, and he just grabbed me by the hands like this, and I told him, I says, Lawrence, my mom is somewhere in the store, she'll shoot me, if <laughs> do you know, I went to get my mom, he waited, we came, he is standing, that is the time of a gentleman he was and right there I thought boy when he talks to his audience on camera that is him he's genuine that's the real man but it's it was a wonderful cool. experience. Jack Hummel had a great story because Jack was the associate producer of the television show but he produced the road shows mm -hmm. and in one city uh, Jack and Lawrence came down in the elevator together and they were going to walk to the arena and on the, and it, the arena was literally next door. The hotel was almost attached to the arena. Jack said it took them 45 minutes to get from the hotel to the arena because people would stop him all wow. every step along the way. And Lawrence would stop and talk to every one of them. Mm, interesting. Now, let me ask you, Mary Lou, uh, when you were doing the show, uh, did you ever have a say as to what you wanted to sing? Did you ever say, did anyone come up and say, Mary Lou, what would you like to do for this show? Or how did all of that work? Um, yeah, we had input. I don't know that we always had the final say, but we always had input. Mm -hmm. um, and Jack and I usually, because Jack was always at the production meetings. It was mm -hmm. a staff that was at production meetings. We weren't there. Mm -hmm. So we could get our little oars in to the people that were going to be at the production meeting. <laughs> so at least so much of the stuff I did was with Jack. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
he he always had a great idea and it was some out, something outlandish i said i swear jack and i were every animal in the world during our numbers we were <laughs> bumblebees would be my little baby bumblebee i was both ends of the horse depending on which number it was yeah. you know and uh so that was pretty we we did have a say definitely had a say yeah. um when i got to do dear mr gable that you made me love you the judy garland piece that was lawrence's he was invited to a screening before it was released of that's entertainment mm. and he saw Judy garland sing it wow. and he decided that was for me and he brought me out to his house he played it for me and said i think you can do a good job on this mm. and uh then he this was the first time we were going to do it was at lake tahoe it's going to premiere in lake tahoe Oh, I love how you imitate him. You have it down past perfect. Nobody can say Lawrence said and then just say what he said. Everybody <laughs> has their own version of that. But uh, the first, I remember the first time I did it at Lake Tahoe at Harris Club and Lawrence was in the wings and I swear it was like he was giving birth. He was just, you know, there. When Lawrence would get nervous, he would tug on his coattail and somebody said, I swear to God, he had his coattail down to his knees by the time that number was over. But <laughs> He was just like a little mother hen. He was so proud of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that will always be so special to me. Mm -hmm. Your uh, fondest memory of the show, uh, for example, a scene, something that you did that you really treasure. I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, one of the things I really treasure with Lawrence was in 85, we did a Christmas reunion special. Mm -hmm. I remember that. It was the last time we were all together with Lawrence mm -hmm. for a special. And we waltzed to Merry Christmas from our house to your house. Mm. And that's very precious to me looking back. Cause at the time I didn't know that would be the last time I'd dance with him. Mm -hmm. The show that sticks out in my mind, in fact, it just aired, I believe a couple of weeks ago was the farm show. Oh. And I <laughs> love that one where you imitated the animals and you and Gail with the <laughs> your snouts <laughs> it was hysterical i mean it was just really good and like i say you know the sets how everything just seemed to always fall into place now when you were doing your numbers was lawrence standing there watching you or was he off no, to the he side was, or? his dressing room mm -hmm. um watching on camera ah. sometimes what you saw live you'd miss it was different it looked different on camera so he was oh. seeing the product that was going out Mm -hmm. to the people. When we're taping the show, he was always on stage. He was usually in front of the drape or in front of the band. There were mm -hmm. three areas, the drape, the band, and then there was a production area. And that was usually where the sets were. Mm. How long did it take yeah, um, I mean, the sets, how long did it take to put, because I mean, they were so fabulous. I mean, you know, it was obviously there was a huge staff doing this or what? Well, I think it, we'd been at ABC Gosh, Lawrence went to ABC in July of 55, mm -hmm. the first national show when it was mm -hmm. at ABC, because the weekly show before then had been only local at KTLA. Mm -hmm. But when it went national in 55, they were at ABC. And we were almost exclusively at ABC with the exception of a couple of years. So that crew knew us and the crew was like family too. They, sure. they knew how everything worked. It was clockwork with those. Mm -hmm. well, they were amazing. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Now, you have been in show business, we can say, almost all of your life. So doing the Lawrence Welk show and all that, what are some of your future goals today? Producing, doing anything? What are you doing? Well, because of the Lawrence Welk show, I did get to produce. I have gotten to produce quite a few things. I um, produced the show, s- several of the shows in Branson, the Welk shows mm-hmm. in Branson. Mm-hmm. I did the shows at the Relk Resort in Escondido, the Christmas shows for years, created them, created mm-hmm. them and put them up. And I've gotten to produce some things for PBS with uh, because of the people I met as the course through the course. Sure, of the sure. So that's been exciting for me. I also am part of a founding mem- member of a theater company that is up in Coldwater Canyon Park here, the S. Mark Taper Foundation Amphitheater. Mm-hmm. We've been 20 years now. And we create a summer season. We weren't able to last year because of COVID and we'll probably be a delayed one this year. Mm. But uh, it's been pretty, it's been great. It's made so many things possible. Mm. Do you have yet till today any aspirations to maybe do a CD or something? Has that thought ever crossed your mind? I actually did one with my (laughs) It's called Such Good Friends. Such Good Friends. Okay. And is it available? Where can anyone get it? Through me. (laughs) Oh, through you. I would take them on tour. I I did it to take on tour for yeah. Oh, interesting. We'll talk about that in a bit. Now, I want to ask you, when you guys went on tour, what was the difference of going on tour for you than doing the TV show? What would have the audience seen different? Well, for one thing, Lawrence was a lot looser. He was fabulous oh. <laughs> on stage. Uh-huh. We would walk. We played places, enormous places like Madison Square Garden. We would uh-huh. sell out Madison Square Garden with Lawrence. And uh, he would walk out with no introduction. And the place went nuts, mm-hmm. went crazy. And Lawrence was a very funny person, which you didn't get all, he was constrained when he was reading the cue cards. And when he was funny, like world, another song, medley of songs from World War I, mm-hmm. that was an act, that was an accident. That wasn't Lawrence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so on the road, he was a lot of fun and mm-hmm. people got to do encores. So you got to see more of, who they were than just the limited time you had sure, on, on, on camera. Yes. And as the years went on, there was more commercial time. There were more commercials. So I think back in the fifties, I know from having edited some of the shows, there were 54 minutes of show and six minutes of commercial. By the time the, the weekly show went off the air, there were only 46 minutes of show of actual performances and the rest was commercial time. What was uh, the last show like for you to shoot? Was it very memorable, tears, hugs, kisses? What was that episode like? It was so emotional for all of us Mm -hmm. because we weren't ready to let go of each other. You know, it it Mm -hmm. was a family and just the fact that we knew we weren't gonna be seeing each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Some people were gonna move back to their hometowns. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's not like most things in show business where you'll do a project for a few weeks mm-hmm. or you'll do it for a run for a year. This was, some of these people had been with the band from the beginning. Sure. And, uh, it was very emotional, very emotional experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you go out today, what is the reaction from some of the folks yet? 
you know, the two things we hear the most frequently are either we grew up together mm -hmm. or my mother made me watch you. <laughs> Yeah. Or sometimes now it's my grandmother made me watch you. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I told you earlier, my dad was one of them. I mean, I don't care where we would be from the house in whatever distance. We have to go. Lawrence Welk is on. I mean, he wouldn't care. I'm like, Dad, don't go through the red lights. <laughs> That's how it used to be. And that is really something amazing. Well, that was when families, there was usually one TV in the house. And yes. families gather in front of the television and mm -hmm. do it together. It was a shared experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, to this day, I have people that come up to me when we have our meet and greets. We always do meet and greets afterwards because mm -hmm. it's the sweetest experience in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and people have said, um, my dad has Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. But on Saturday night, when we get together and I put on the show, somehow something happens. I my dad again. Mm -hmm. and we've heard that kind of thing so many times it, and it's like I want that feeling for my family but with everybody going different directions we don't get that very often those opportunities mm -hmm. would you guys like to get together for another show I know you made several of them uh you know the memory shows up would you guys like to do it I know a lot of the cast is gone today but I mean would you still like to reunite oh I'm sure yeah yeah, I know at one point we had Rolna and Gail and Ava and I. Yes, I was just going to ask you, four girls, four. Are you still doing that? or? Well, we haven't done it in a while, uh, but that was a lot of fun because we got to, we had a really good show. It was Ava was country, I sang and danced, Gail played piano, and Rolna, mm -hmm. you know, was a blockbuster singer. And But mm -hmm. we could get together for four-way vocals. We could do trios while somebody else was changing for a mm -hmm. solo. Mm -hmm. so it, was a, it was a very diverse, really good show. I was glad we had a chance yeah. to do it. And like you mentioned, you know, because I have seen Gail playing the piano. And of course, Rolna, we all know what a singer she is. And it is, it just, it amazes me. Now, when Lawrence hired you, did he ask you, what are your talents? Or how did that go? Like you, did he know about your dancing skills? Because it's amazing. It's not like he just hired these people and boom, they took off doing everything. <laughs> no, but what was so funny was uh, Jack, uh, one time, put, they put me in a number that was Bobby and Sissy's number. Mm -hmm. I was, it was a Halloween show, and Jack said, I want you to do, like, just skip through. You're a little girl with a bag, of, and they were scarecrows. So I did a follow the yellow brick road step. I remember it. <laughs> and afterwards, Jack said, I think she can dance. And so he put me in a dance number with Bobby and Sissy and he. And after that show, Lawrence called me into his dressing room and said, you see, you didn't know you could do that. Oh, <laughs> and how did you luck out always dancing with him at the end of every show? How did that work out? <laughs> it used to be everybody would tag in, but mm -hmm. then at some point the girls started like waving to family and doing oh. funny things. Lawrence <laughs> didn't think it was a classy ending for his show. Mm -hmm. So he said, okay, we'll start with Sissy and then Mary Lou will tag in. And then when Sissy left the show, it was kind of me. Yeah. <laughs> so I inherited the spot. And so graceful you always were. I could still picture you waltzing back. My dad taught me to do that while the Lawrence Welk show was on when I was yes, a little. <laughs> yes. Are you keeping up any relations today besides Raul and Mary Lou? Do you see anybody? Are you in touch with anyone? Or today with Zoom, you know, you can see anybody. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we, we've Zoomed a bunch. I've talked to Gail. I've talked to Ava. Mm -hmm. Anna Connie now is living in Italy. So she's kind oh, of. Oh, wow. 
out of the picture, her daughter married and moved to Italy. Mm. So it was their only child. So Connie and her husband, Rudy, moved to, to Italy. Mm. Uh, the, the women have stayed in close touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And like I say, you know, I, I keep repeating because I, I am just amazed by all of the talents. I mean, how you can play a piano, how you can sing, how you can dance. I mean, uh, Joanne Castle back in the day, you know, fabulous piano player, but yet she was fabulous in skits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. She can act all of that. So it was really, I mean, quite remarkable. Now, Mary Lou, before the accordion as well. Oh, yes, yes. Before we leave, what would you like to tell the longtime listeners? Anything uh, that you want them to know about Mary Lou that I would not think of asking you? <laughs> oh, gosh, the only thing I can say is the older I get, the more I appreciate how wonderful and loyal and supportive and loving you've been through everything in our lives, in our careers, and I wouldn't trade you for anything, any audience in the world. And if anyone ever wants to get in touch with you, do you have websites anywhere they can contact you? No, I don't, but you can always email me. Oh, okay. All right. Glad to get your emails. Otaycookie at AOL.com. Otaycookie at AOL.com. Great. And Mary Lou, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Much continued success with whatever you do. And let's end the show like you always say, what Lawrence would say. Keep a song in your heart. <laughs> <laughs>